Welcome into another great edition of The Sports Show, where we bring you every bit of fun news from the week of uh, any sport that's basically not pro wrestling, MMA, or hockey. Those are all on their own uh, their own shows. Now, once again, that makes me your host, Jeremy the Impact York. That makes you guys my amazing listening audience. Shout out to all you... Uh, grinders out there, no, not the, uh, not the companion app, no, you people that are out there each and every day getting your hands dirty and, uh, getting things done, keeping this amazing country going strong, we definitely appreciate it, we want to make sure you, you feel appreciated. Now, the NFL has a ton of stuff we're going to get into, there's some baseball, I uh, got some updates on the college football programs that we follow, and uh, also another fun, um, another fun thing to do in Atlanta. It actually kicked off last year, but because of the pandemic, you may not have heard of it. We're going to get into it though; it's going to be fun. Now let's start. Let's start with the obvious. Tonight's episode is called You Like Dak. He asked a question. Because that's something the Cowboys and the fan base has been apparently going back and forth about. I mean, not with each other necessarily. Uh, The fan base was all over the board. Um, I I think he's a, a super talented player. I mean, you're looking at probably the number seven, number eight best quarterback in the league. He's right there with Matt Ryan for you Falcons fans. Uh, he probably has a little more upside because uh, Matt Ryan's towards the end of his career. Dak's kind of in the middle third. or in the No, he's in the lower, lower third, first third there. Um, he's a little more mobile. We'll see how that ankle holds up. But it seems like not only is the fan base debating whether they like Dak, but it seems like the Cowboys... We're trying to decide not if they like Dak, but to what degree. And they kept waiting this out and waiting this out and waiting this out. And good things may come to those who wait because, hey, they get their quarterback for the next four years. Even though Dak says he is going to be a cowboy for life. Yeah, you signed a four-year deal, bud. So unless you're going to join the space program in a few short years, uh, not sure what that means. Because these boys should make up another big contract. In four years, probably three when they start going back to the table on this again. But a lot of you guys have, uh, you've heard the numbers by now. 
four years, 160 million. That averages 40 million a year, but that's not how these things work. This is how this works. Uh, Dak, his cap number goes from like 34 to 22, 23, which definitely helps is, is what counts towards the cap. So that's going to help Dallas go out there and get, I don't, uh, I'll throw out there Eric Fisher. But no, four years, $160 million is the total. 126 of that is guaranteed. But uh, yeah, it, it's not like he's probably not going to see the other, what, $34 million. 126 is guaranteed. In the first year, he's going to get 75 of that. Yep, at some point, he's going to, to an extent, get cut a check for about that much. Okay, now let's talk about the fallout from this. There is a team that is off the board. They do not need a quarterback. Their backup options, they, they could resign Dalton. They could uh, get Alex Smith. They could, there's, there's, uh, they could draft one. Who knows? But the Dallas Cowboys have just told everybody, we don't need a quarterback. So that leaves a handful of other teams that, that are in the market. We know that. This also takes the Cowboys out of the running for Deshaun Watson, to which I don't think they were ever, they weren't finalists, I wouldn't say, and Russell Wilson, to which even though we could make arguments as to how Russell Russell for Dak could be a good trade possibility. There's no way Seattle would take that contract. And Dak's contract has a couple little stipulations in it that make it a little more interesting. One of which is he cannot be tagged a third time. Because they technically had to tag him this year so that it would buy them the time for this deal to go through. So, you know, for a lot of people that say, well, how can he sign a deal saying, how can he sign a deal saying that he can't be tagged another time, and then they tagged him the next day? Well, that's why. the That tag was already going to be placed. It's so that this deal can, can be put through. There is also a no movement clause, which means... If Dak did want to leave, he could do kind of what Russell is has done and kind of list off some teams. Or if they come to him and say, hey, would you want to play for San Francisco? Would you want to play for Houston? Would you want to play for these places like this? Which he could say yes or no, and they could negotiate from there. Because now the Cowboys, in locking this deal up, because of the $15 million or so that they saved on the cap hit because of redoing Dak's uh, potential contract deal, they have pretty much nullified the drop in the salary cap for this year. It's about $15 million from what it was last year. So now it'll be interesting. They have, I know they've restructured uh, Leo Collins. They have restructured uh, a couple other people. 
and they're freeing up money so that they can go address things with their team so that they can bring in other pieces. Like I said, Eric Fisher would be nice, depending on what his, his price would be. But the Cowboys have told everybody in the last few years who they think their top six or seven people are because they paid them monster contracts. A lot of them a little more, or a lot more in some cases, a little more than uh, the, the player could be potentially worth. You know, we could say Zeke, we could say Amari there. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence got a pretty decent chunk. Uh, okay. Um, Jalen Smith, it's not a bad deal, but it's not a great deal. Either way, the Cowboys are taking themselves off the market for Russell Wilson and for looking for a quarterback in general. And Dak says he is almost 100% ready to go off the ankle surgery. I've been the most skeptical, one of the most skeptical Cowboy fans, especially on the Dak Prescott thing. I didn't think you should sign him to this much money. Obviously, they don't. They didn't ask my opinion. Uh, but when you look at productivity and you look at what happens when he's on the field, let's just see. Let's see what this what he's going to do. Uh, I believe Dak can – I mean, like I said, he's a top ten. I probably get him seventh or eighth if I actually listed him out. He's top eight quarterback in the league. He still has Zeke, unless they decide to save some more cap money. He's still got Amari. He's got C.D. Lamb. He's got, um, is it the A-plus line it used to be? No. That offensive line is a a B-minus. It still has some big pieces. They, They could use a few here and there to shore up, but there's a thing called the draft and free agency. So Cowboy fans, don't worry. You're still in probably the worst division. You still have a chance to potentially go 8-8 eight and eight and win the division. And I would say as of right now, you just locked up the best quarterback in the division. Because, what, the Giants have Daniel Jones? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not better than Dak Prescott. The Washington franchise has Taylor Henneke. I'm sure they're going to get somebody else. But Taylor Henneke, so he he had a good showing last year, but is he better than Dak? No. So not Washington and not New York. Oh, my, let's go to Philly. Uh, even if they had kept Carson Wentz. I don't think I don't think Carson Wentz, and, and, and definitely not what I've seen of Jalen Hurts, they're not better than Dak. So the Cowboys, with uh, arguably the second-best roster on paper, um, probably the third or fourth-best coach, have the top quarterback in the NFC East. And he's loaded with weapons. And probably, I would imagine, Jerry's going to draft a wide receiver this year, too. He just tends to like to do that. So, I think the Cowboys just threw their their hat in the ring that outside of a major injury, which they've had a couple of the past couple years, I think you got to put them in that NFC mix. Are they as good as Tampa Bay? I wouldn't. I would say no, not at this point. 
Are they as good as Green Bay? Um, maybe better roster on paper. I don't know. That, that, that's kind of a toss-up. But they're they're right back in that top four, top five mix. So let's see what they do. I'm ready to to almost fully embrace Dak as the quarterback of the Cowboys, and let's see where it goes from here. Now, I just mentioned, just mentioned, one of the people this directly affects, and that would be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had listed the four teams. Everybody thought Dallas could be a possibility. It was on his list. That's not going to happen. New Orleans, they would have to cut. I don't know, another third of their team to get anywhere close to be able to take that on. The Bears have become the the favorite out of nowhere, probably because the Raiders... I don't think the Raiders want to move on from Derek Carr. And, I mean, what can the Bears offer? Uh, Khalil Mack and three first-round picks? And how does that help Seattle with a quarterback? Uh, they'd have to pack a couple of those and move up. But the thing to remember, whether I've mentioned it before or not, the thing to remember is Russell Wilson's cap hit, no matter who he plays for, the cap, or the cap hit for Seattle, especially if they trade him, is like $34 million. They would just straight up have to eat a $34 million burger right there. Yeah. It's not even that good either. Overcooked. Should let Russ cook it. So, in my opinion, just the way I see things playing out, Dallas takes herself off the market. I don't think they were ever in the market for anybody but Dak. Seattle's probably going to hang on to Russ for another year unless they can figure out how to move that cap around because if if that cap number stays that big, he ain't going anywhere. Can't afford to move him. It's the same way that the Falcons could draft a quarterback at four. They could not. They have all kinds of options, but they're sticking with Matt for at least another year because they can't afford not to. And you're going to get at least two more. You're going to get at least two more years out of Matt Ryan. A lot of people say, well, we'll get a year. We'll get out of that contract and whoever we draft. If that person's ready, how do you know? You might draft one of these one of these top quarterbacks, and they come in, and guy can't chew gum and walk in a straight line. All we know is what they've done before here. That's why the draft is such a the first round is a is a fifty fifty coin flip, and after that it is a dice roll. Where only fives and sixes make it. So. As much as we want to get excited about um, what, are, what what was Dallas going to do with Dak, uh, who is Russell Wilson going to go to, I don't think he's going to anybody. I think he's staying in Seattle. Matt Ryan, staying in Atlanta. Chicago, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> I don't think they know what they're going to do. But 
those are the two bigger stories going on right now. Uh, there's some other things coming up. Like I said, the NFL salary cap is down to $182.5 million per team. That's down 8%. And the league and the Players Association uh, came to this agreement. They have to agree on what the uh, cap number is every year. So every team is dealing with a $182.5 million budget. And, and it's not like normal things where you can go a little bit over and, you know, you just got to make up for it somewhere. No, you in the NFL, you cannot. It's not like baseball where you pay a luxury tax. No, you're stuck with it. Um, some of the other news and notes from the NFL and football in general. The Patriots trade for offensive tackle Trent Brown from the Raiders. They restructure his deal to where he is going to make a one-year, $11 million uh, contract this year. Interesting that the Patriots would go get an offensive tackle when they do not have a quarterback. But Bill knows a lot of times this game is won in the trenches. And he knows a position they need to get better at. You can never have enough good defensive and offensive linemen. So he goes and gets Trent Brown, who he can trust sure why the Raiders dumped him unless it was just a salary thing because now you're going to have to replace him. And you could argue he didn't have the world's best year, but, uh, you know, you look at that Raiders line and Richie Incognito, they let go. Trent Brown, they trade. What are you going to do? What are you going to do there, Raiders? Uh, the Patriots made the move, and, and it makes more sense. Uh, what else was there? Oh, the NFL has hired the first black female official. Her name is Maya Chaka. She joined Sarah Thomas as the only two females ever, but the only two females also active uh, referees and officials on the field. And uh, like I said, she is the first uh, black female, which is great. And a lot of people said, well, what, what kind of impact does this make? Well, that's easy. Now, not just little boys, but little girls now have, you know, the Aaron Andrews of the world and and uh, the Pam Olivers and uh, and people like that. If they want to be broadcasters, there's somebody right there in front of you to say, hey, if you work hard at your goals and you you strive and, and try to achieve them, you can be those. Well, now, if you want to be an NFL official. You can. And sure, it's, it's probably still going to be harder. I'm not going to lie about that. It probably is a little harder being female coming through such a male-dominated world. But, you know, we're not going to be far off from where we're going to see head coaches that are female in the league. We're going to see front office people, owners. You can do anything you want, boys and girls. You just have to put your mind to it. you got to get your plan. You just got to just keep pushing just keep pushing. But uh, congratulations to Maya Chaka on that. I look forward to uh, her work throughout the season. Juju Smith-Schuster put out a poll on one of the social medias to where it says, is he gonna, should he stay in Pittsburgh or should he leave? Or look, should he look elsewhere? The poll is 11% Pittsburgh. 89% elsewhere, including Juju Smith-Schuster. 
So it looks like to me he is going to move on. He probably sees that uh, they shouldn't have brought Big Ben back, but they didn't have a better option. Even though they made him take a pay cut, good for them. But you look at it. Pittsburgh is so good at drafting and developing wide receivers. Um, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. There's just tons of them that are still littered out through the league that are that are fantastic. Uh, I think one of Emmanuel Sanders at one time, a, a, a Steeler. So Juju's going to move on, probably because he knows Pittsburgh's not going to pay him top dollar. Where could he go? I don't know the way it's going. <laughs> Tampa? I don't think he will. You, I could see I could see Patriots. I could see there, there's a handful of other places he could go. I just thought it interesting he put a poll out, and he actually voted with the majority. So it would be interesting to see where Juju ends up going. Now let's uh, let's see what else can we get into the XFL headed up by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think you guys have heard of him. Is uh, talking to the CFL about doing some collaboration. What does that mean? Well, your your question is is, is your guess is as good as mine at this point because a lot of people think maybe some. Uh, Maybe roster exchanges. Maybe they play some exhibition games. Maybe they use the XFL to be a feeder league to the CFL. That's potentially a possibility. That would be the one I would lead with. And The Rock used to play in the CFL. He went to the University of Miami, kind of got dinged up a little bit, kept trying to make the NFL, ended up playing the CFL, ultimately ended up being the most electrifying, electrifying man in sports entertainment, obviously. But he's always stuck to his football roots as well. I, I see that this partnership could be something fun, could be something interesting or entertaining. Like the FCF, the fan control football here in Atlanta that's still going on. They added Josh Gordon. It's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see who they decide to partner up with. Um, maybe, maybe they get with the XFL and the CFL. Maybe they jump in on this and we kind of get a uh, cross promotion, cross branded, you know, thing. Cause the CFL tends to play in the summer, like spring through fall. What if the XFL plays fall through spring and you just keep it going where people get the opportunity to play on either one of them? It's definitely a possibility. Uh, baseball. Let's talk some baseball real quick. Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees, took some time away the other day to get a pacemaker put in. Yeah, can't make that up. He gets a pacemaker. He's already back on the bench. He's already back coaching as of, I believe, last night. Uh, Here's to a speedy recovery for Aaron Boone. And uh, just, wow, hashtag warrior on that one. Gets a pacemaker and already back at work. Wow. Uh, June 2nd in the Major League Baseball world is, from here on, going to be known as Lou Gehrig Day. It is uh, named that to honor 
the great career and life of, of uh, the Big Slugger, and also to raise awareness for ALS. I think that's fantastic. They, uh, they, I think they, they, for lack of a better way to put it, they knocked this one out of the park. Not only are you honoring one of the great players of the game, you're raising awareness for uh, one of the biggest conditions out there that uh, more and more people are dealing with, either through themselves or through relatives or close people they know. And uh, I, I think it's a great thing. Uh, Atlanta United news. The season opener and the home opener have been announced as part of MLS actually announcing things before they happen. The season opener, they uh, are Atlanta United are going to be in Orlando on Saturday, April the 17th at 3 p.m. Obviously, they face Orlando FC. And the home opener, right here in the bins. See, this works out because if you guys don't listen to Strong Style, our other show, which I highly recommend you do, all about pro wrestling and MMA, uh, the Jake Paul-Ben Askren fight is at Mercedes-Benz on April 17th. So, kind of be hard to have a boxing match or a boxing event and a soccer match at the same time. So that probably went into that there. Uh, and then the home opener is the following week, April 24th, against the Chicago Fire. That is an 8 p.m. game. That tells me more than likely the roof will be open. I do not know at this point how many fans will be allowed. I think it is still a city-by-city city debate. My guess is right around 15 20% based off of just what's kind of going around the other leagues. Uh, and they also signed goalkeeper Ben Lungard from their Atlanta United 2. A lot of people were like, why would you sign a, goal, a goalkeeper to the main squad? You have Brad Guzan. I agree. This is the debate you always have. You, uh, What I would do is you bring up, you bring up Ben. He kind of sits behind... You know, kind of the way Alec Can was supposed to be, and then Brad Guzon decided to play for another five years or 50 years after that. But you bring up Ben Lungard. He practices with the big team. You can, have, you can send him back, I think, here and there, maybe. But he learns under Guzon to where in the next year or so, a lot of people think Guzon could move on. Well, you already have the next guy in place. You go, you can go with, uh, you go with Alec Can, Ben Lungard, and you know one and or the other or both. You're really, it's going to be a need going forward, and going ahead and addressing it now means you don't have to deal with it later. Now, just before we came on earlier, earlier it was announced that the uh, National League Lacrosse, NLL, they have decided that they are going to have a season this year, and it is set to start December 3rd and 4th. So our Georgia Swarm will be uh, playing their opening game on either the 3rd or the 4th of December. I will have a lot more between now and then on this. It will include 18 regular season games plus playoffs and a championship series because they always play best of three. 
They always play a best of three for the championship. Uh, remember our Swarm just back in just a couple years ago won the championship. I believe in 2015 won the world championship. They were really close in the last couple of years. I believe they were runner-ups, if I remember correctly. But uh, if you have an up to lacrosse game, you should go. It uh, it is just something, just something unlike anything else, and it's worth checking out. You can take the whole family for just uh, a couple bucks, and it's good food, good entertainment. Uh, it's a good time. I promise you, have a good time. Um, while we are on that subject of of things you should check out, rugby Atlanta. There are two rugby teams in Atlanta. There are the Atlanta Rhinos. They play later in the year. And Rugby Atlanta. Uh, rugby Atlanta is, uh, we're, we're going to be there for this. Uh, their season kickoff is Saturday, March 20th. That would be next Saturday at 7 p.m. They are going to welcome in the Toronto Arrows. Uh, I've always been a big rugby fan. I, I'm so, this is the thing I said earlier where, they actually played their inaugural season last year, but because of a lot of the restrictions, you either probably didn't hear about it or weren't able to go. I wasn't able to go. Uh, now, they uh, they do open their regular season next Saturday, as I said, 7 p.m. They play over at uh, Life College, Life University, over in uh, the Marietta area, because, you know, we are in uh, outside of the greater metro Atlanta area where we do this show. Um, now, their Friday scrimmage versus Old Glory DC, uh, a brand-new team just like them as well, got canceled because of COVID restrictions. I believe it was Old Glory, one of their players, tested positive. But obviously, we'll keep an eye on all this between now and, and next week's show so that I can fully update you guys. But uh, I'm um, I'm definitely going to go check it out because uh, I've never seen live rugby. I watch it a lot. Around here, curling, it really drives people nuts that uh, sometimes they'll come into the studio and I've got uh, curling or, or horse racing or rugby on or something like that. But um, Rugby Atlanta, they have my support. I think they know that by now. They have my full support. Uh, hoping to do some, some things that will help target the fun things they have coming and so that we can better update you guys. But uh got some things in the works. We will see what happens with that. Uh, and lastly, uh, I told you guys I was going to tell you about the college football programs we follow here. Let's start with Georgia State, where the athletic director of Georgia State, Charlie Cobb, great guy, really is, really is. Always, always have five minutes. He always has five minutes if you, if you just need five minutes this time. Uh, Charlie Cobb was named to the college football playoff committee. It is a one-year term. Uh, I think this is great. A non-Power 5 AD deciding who is worthy of the playoffs. This is the outside voice. Charlie's been around the game forever. Time at App State, time at Georgia State, all kinds of things like that. I think it is a spectacular opportunity for not only himself, but for uh, non-Power 5 and also for Georgia State. It's it, this can help in a lot of different ways. But uh, congratulations to him on that. And also, the spring game for the spring game for Georgia State is scheduled for Friday, April 16th at the big stadium, uh, Center Park Stadium. 
over there, former Turner Field, former Olympic Stadium, all that. Uh, yes, it's on Friday. No, I do not know at this time what what the game time will be. My guess is 7 because uh, they like to play under the lights over there, and that would be a good time to do that. You could get a little bit better turn off, turnout. Uh, but up until, I mean, until now, I don't know. And finally, after on the bye week last week, after the big win a couple uh, couple weeks ago, KSU Owls are going to welcome in Charleston Southern at 1 o'clock this Saturday at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. I will be there. Hopefully some of you guys will. Hey, trust me, the way they have the media tent set up this year, I'm not hard to find. If you guys are at the game or if you're out wandering around, if you happen to see me around there and you want to say, hey, want to take a picture, of course, I will be wearing my mask. Hopefully, you will as well. That is, that is the guidelines. Uh, but if you want to just uh, wave, just to say, hey, I, I saw you, I, do it. Just call them out. I, I'm not hard to find at these games. Like I said, the way they have the tent set up, trust me, you it, either that or just ask. Because if I'm not around, they'll tell you where I'm at. But, uh Charleston Southern, this, this is the first uh, conference game for KSU. They have four conference games, two non-conference games. They're already 1-0 on the season. Uh, that was a non-conference game they had a couple weeks ago. But uh, they are looking to uh, get everything on track. Uh, Coach liked that they won but wasn't ex- super ecstatic with some things that happened. He was looking to button some of those up. But he also reminded us that uh, they didn't have a normal schedule. So, Instead of having these guys ready to play for, after like a six-month training program, he said, we got a month, a month and a half. He goes, we got barely no time. And it's not an excuse. It's, you know, every you could argue that everybody had the same schedule, which they they did. But, yeah, if it's, you know, hey, we, we really wanted to think about your job. We really wanted to train you for, for six months to take over this lead position. But we – uh. Because of some restrictions, we only had about a month. And so after four weeks of training, they they turned you loose on being the uh, lead management sale or lead manager of sales of widgets. Yeah. Good luck. But uh KSU, like I said, they they won was it thirty five to five? Yeah, it's thirty five to five a couple weeks ago. They, but it, there's, there's some things we're going to have to work on. Some of the turnovers, some of the other things, little minor mistakes, but things are going to happen early in the year. I think they'll be able to take care of, take care of Charleston Southern, and I think it'll be a really good game for their fifth third bank stadium in Kennesaw. Like I said, I'll be there. Hopefully you'll be there. And uh, if not, it may be on TV or you can stream one way or the other, but that's going to do it for this week. Shout out to everybody who makes this show super amazing, makes it fun to come on here and talk about things uh, like Rugby Atlanta, like KSU, like GSU, the Georgia Swarm, Atlanta United. Obviously, we'll talk uh, Braves, Falcons, all that as as, uh, all that comes up. But I am Jeremy the Impact Gord. This was the sports show. You like that? We'll see you next week. Deuces, gooses.